Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, it's Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. We are back for another week, and we are, surprise, drinking more beer, because that's what we do on the show. One of these days, I'm just going to like do an entire show, and it's going to be about like cider or something like that, and just, just mess with everybody's heads. Like, today, we're not drinking beer, but... <laughs> <laughs> we are we are at uh, the Common Beer Company in Mason. It's been like almost well a little bit over a year I think since I was here last. The, you guys had not opened yet. Um, yeah, we sat out here on the patio, which is where we are tonight too. But um, and things were just kind of coming together. You guys were just getting ready. I think you announced your your grand opening probably a week or two after that show and. Um, have been trucking along since then. There's that we have um, definitely um, been a lot of things going on here. A lot of uh, a lot of a lot of new beers. If people came out at about that time at the at the opening, there's a lot of new things coming. A lot of uh, um, a lot of reworking, I guess. A lot of kind of finding out who you are and uh, and, oh, gosh, and, yes. and what that what that means. Um, which is probably what what I want to talk about the most, but um, it is a beer show, so we need to drink some beer because that's From what we do. The beer fridge. Um, so let's 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 drink through some of this beer that's in front of you. Let's just Sweet. start and kind of dive in, and we'll use that to kind of guide our conversation tonight. Sounds good. Um, what did you bring me? So uh, your pint glass is full of uh, Burdick's Brown, uh, Nick Burdick, who is a guy that we found or he found us basically. Yes. Uh, probably about seven or eight months into it. Um, he is a Lebanon, a Lebanite, Lebanon, <laughs> anyway. From Lebanon. He's from Lebanon. Uh, Leba. Yeah. A Lebby. They're Lebbies. Lebby. I, yeah. I know that. They're Lebbies. So he, uh, he's been coming in and helping us out um, with some brewing, uh, as well as doing, uh, we have a, we developed a, a tap called the Not So Common, which is our test batch. So, <laughs> yeah. So Nick has been, we do uh, just a five-gallon batch, two cases worth of beer, and Nick has been a huge driver in kind of coming up with some very oddball recipes. <laughs> so what he decided to do was to take a brown, a base brown uh, that we make and make very well, and he wanted to infuse it with some Cocoa Puff cereal, trademark paint. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so he took some uh, Cocoa Puff cereal and we infused it into the mash uh, to come up with a beer and it sold very, very quickly. It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really easy. And I think we probably talked about this last week on the show. It's really easy to take like an, an adjuncted, I think we were talking about stout specifically, but an adjuncted beer like this where there is something like that, um, especially something like Cocoa Puffs, which can be a very dominating fake chocolate kind of flavor yes and it's easy to go over the top with that and let it kind of blow everything else out of the water and this still maintains that um, brown ale backbone that, yeah that it should in my opinion and i know that i guess a lot of people probably disagree with that judging by some of the trends that are happening oh without beer. a doubt yeah so um yeah we've seen some of those cereal beers kind of go over the right. top but um you kind of can smell the the cocoa up front it's still a brown beer that you're tasting but we added some lactose in there to get that kind of milky consistency and that mouth feel yeah it lingers really nice and you get right. it um you get it afterwards too like after i, I call it the burp effect you know afterwards <laughs> that that burp after you get a few sips of beer down and then you burp and you taste something else and yeah that's when i get a lot of the cocoa puffs and well it's kind of a neat story because we did it as a test batch and we used a bunch of cocoa puff cereal boxes for the uh, for the five gallon test batch, and we had a, a, a good friend of mine who helped us kind of open the business, helped me with the business plan. He works for the uh, Warren County Small Business Development Group, SBDC, <laughs> SBDC, yeah. And uh, they were he was in here with his wife, and they were drinking, it and she loved it. And I said, yeah, it'd be great to put this on a big batch, but. Honestly, I don't know if I can afford to buy <laughs> that much cocoa puff cereal. cereal. We're going to have to go generic. <laughs> yeah, so literally like two days later, a, a delivery truck showed up with two massive boxes of oh, cocoa puff fun. cereal, and she donated it to us because she wanted it <laughs> on the big batch. Make a beer for. Yeah, so we, we did it, and it's it's extremely popular, probably one of our best-selling beers right now. Uh, but like you said, it's, it's not an overpowering cereal flavor. It's got a good little milk finish to it to kind of linger um and then i guess as we get down your flight board we'll talk no, about each one we'll definitely get there yeah um you talked about this this test batching kind of thing how do you 
Um, and I know you guys have gone through some personnel changes lately. I don't think we'll dig too deep into that. Sure. But how do you and the people that you are working with or will be working with, um, how do you come up with those those ideas? Is it really just everybody just if something pops up, regardless of who you are, just, hey, what, what about this? And, yes. And then Truly, try so, it and see what happens. Yeah, so we've been through about uh, about 50 test batches since January, which is when we kind of, well, a little bit before January, but, um, it's been about maybe eight or nine months and it's, uh, it's such a small batch, so it's not very high risk as far as an economic situation. And, um, our brewery, me especially as being in kind of understanding what the beers are, I, my goal with our beers is to stay very true to form, true to the recipes. Um, but the test batch is a way to let my guys kind of go crazy right. with whatever they want to do. And we've had some great ones. We've had some really bad <laughs> ones. <laughs> um, but it's uh, so out of the 45 plus batches, we've had probably about six or seven that have made it to the big batch or up to the big system. Um, and they've done all done very well. Um, we get some of them that we do small batch that people want, but we have to make a decision as a business to determine whether or not it's going to be worth the risk. Um, but the nice thing about it is it's, it's a very controlled way to get away with doing just truly the most oddball recipes you could imagine. Uh, we've tried a couple milkshakes on there. We've done a lot of Hefeweizens. Um, we've even done a couple of barley wines, which personally, I'm not a huge fan of barley wines, but I know the customer, there's a customer base out there. So we've done some of those. Um, but it's a, it's a neat way to kind of give some creativity to the people that do very hard work here for us. Um, and we actually named the, the beer you're drinking Burdick's Brown after the guy that developed right. it, Nick Burdick. Um, and it's gone over very well. And we get a lot of really good feedback about it. Well, it's also one of those things that makes going to a craft brewery fun is some of that experimentation and the the idea that you can't, you could, you can walk into a tap room and you don't always know what you're going to get. Like, yes, the, you know, the, your standard styles are, are fun to kind of know that there's going to be something like that there. Right. But to walk in and see, oh, there's a cocoa puff beer. Like that's, that's kind of that excitement that I think got a lot of people uh, really hooked on this whole idea of what craft beer is. Right. So. And we, we've get, we've got a lot of uh, our regular customers that walk in the door and if there's a test batch on, they don't even look at what it is. Well, and especially with something the scale like it is here, it's you know it's it's a nano brewery. It's mm-hmm. it's that that constant rotation, that constant changing, that never really knowing. I I assume you guys have kind of settled into a couple quote unquote core beers that you can always expect to see up there. You know, with the Lord's Prayer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it safe to say there's always something different on when you walk in here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without a doubt, and it's it's funny you you use the Lord's Prayer as our as our flagship, and right now it's not on tap. So, um, <laughs> but it, it is it's 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 kind of fun that way. I think that most of our regulars that come in um, have their beers that they really like, but those are the people that that the reason they keep coming back is to try something new, and to have something that maybe you know they love the light IPAs or they love the Hefeweizens, but then we'll throw a cocoa puff or barley wine on the test batch, and they're the first people to jump in there and, and get on top of it. Um, but it, you know, it's funny you say, do you have the ones that are constantly on? And I don't think we do. I mean, I, I think that there's certainly some that that people come in and expect to have, but when they're not there, nobody's mad that they're not no, there. It's, absolutely it's not, not like walking into Mad Tree and there's no psychopathy or exactly. something. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's I think that's part of the nano brewery uh you know makeup is that um we've had a couple of people come in and say I I I see that you had a honey ale and it's not on. They're not disappointed. Right. They'll just try something else because those are the people that are venturing out to really get a a unique experience at every place they go to. Do you think, and I know this is probably hard for you to really get a good picture of because you guys are new, you know, still, but do you think that's a, a thing that's changing with drinkers as people get more um, craft beer educated, maybe, that you're not afraid when you walk into a tap room and your beer style or that thing that you are comfortable with isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um or has it always been that way? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, is it something that's changed? Well, we've got, um, we have an old base here in Mason um, that, you know, they'll walk in the door. And, and every brewer, every brewery will tell you this. They'll walk in the door and they'll say, 
what tastes like Bud Light? What's your closest thing to Bud Light? And invariably, if it's not the same beer I've been selling to my Bud Light drinkers, there's something on tap that most of them will drink and really enjoy and then stay, you know, for a couple hours. Is it hard to get those people to try other things? Or do you think just by walking in the door, they're already prepared for that a little bit? I think they are. Um, I, they, we've, we've never had anybody come in and say, I want a Bud Light. I don't have anything and walk out. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think the, the, the consumer is getting much smarter and much more open to trying new things. Um, our My first Creamy Blonde, which is one that we always have on because it was the first beer we made, and it was the one that Amy named uh, within about two minutes of selling it for the first time. Um, that's one that sells very well to the to the just standard beer drinker because it is a very drinkable beer, and that's that that's the phrase I think in the industry is it's it's a very drinkable, approachable beer. Um, so if I have somebody come in and I don't have a pilsner, I don't have a lager, I can point into the first the first creamy blonde and they'll go to the blonde and they'll stay with it and they'll stay for a while. Right. So if anybody wants to kind of hear a little bit of the backstory of who you guys are and how you got into this and where this all came from, they can go back and listen to that other episode that we did, which was um, volume four, episode 22. See how good I'm getting about you this off the top so of my head. <laughs> um, and we kind of dig into a little bit how you got into this and the, the homebrewing side of it into going pro. But, um, you guys are a year into it now. Yeah. Um, let's before we let's get to another beer. Let's, okay. uh, let's keep going with these. So the next one I have on there is is called uh, uh, it's a smash beer, which stands for single malt, single hop. And uh, our our bar manager uh, Mike Parsons, who hopefully will show up here in a little bit, uh, aptly named it Smashly Madison, <laughs> which goes very well with That's the consumers. Uh, it's so it's a two row malt with an Idaho seven uh, hop. Very approachable, very drinkable. A um, little bit of a hot flavor, but just a very clean, crisp tasting light APA. Oh yeah, it's nice and uh, nice and fruity. It's like it, I think it would. You guys have a hazy on now, but if we you do. didn't, this would please some of those people that want those big fruity hops and kind of that that softness because this is kind of soft to it too. It's uh, it's nice and it's perfect for a night like tonight oh, or without a doubt you know, the, the sun's been out it's you know not hot out here but it's not cold either this this fits that that kind of drinking atmosphere perfect for me but it's funny it's um uh, we get a lot of compliments on the names that we that we create or that we give our beers as i'm sure a lot of breweries do and we always get asked the question like where did the where's the inspiration come from and it's like truly it's organic um you know we have we present a style and we present it to a few people including a lot of our employees and a lot of the people that that come in here a lot and a lot of times the names will come out um this is very aptly named smashly madison um but that's kind of where a lot of the beer names come and that will drive people to drink a beer right um the lord's prayer you know a a pre-business customer Mm -hmm. of ours came up with that um came up with that name and before we opened, we realized we needed a beer called the Lord's Prayer. And so people will come up and say, well, I've got to have the Lord's Prayer. I mean, it's the Lord's Prayer. But I mean, I experienced that, too. When I ran into you at uh, Hops in the Hangar, I yeah. was with the old man. And he, as soon as he saw it, oh, i got to take a picture for the old lady. And he took a picture. Said, see, I'm getting my religion today. Or so. I don't know what he exactly. said. You know, it was, uh, it was exactly. fun. So I did see that kind of firsthand. Um, so a year in business, mm-hmm. what has kind of got you guys off guard surprised you um i'm gonna let amy talk here because you know she's a lot of the business side um um what has surprised me um yelp (laughs) 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 Um, in what ways just um and i heard this before we opened and now that i'm experiencing experiencing it it's i i find it to be true is that people go to Yelp when they're angry or they're I shouldn't say angry when they're not happy mm-hmm. and people go to Google when they're happy or just when they are nice or whatever and so Yelp really it shocked me it's funny because I was talking to somebody the other day about podcasting and everybody you listen to podcasts now say oh you know rate us and, and, and review the show and um, the more I've thought about it, the more I've talked to people, I realize it doesn't really matter. Like people are going to find your show if they're going to find it. It doesn't matter if they rate you or review. And 
um, with podcasts, it's kind of that that opposite of of Yelp. Like if people are going to get on there and um, you know re- review your show and give it stars or whatever in iTunes, it's because they like the show. It's like they, if you don't like it, you're just not going to listen anymore. You just you're just going to go to something else. <laughs> and so it's like, what is the value of these things anymore? Yeah. It's like it. Uh, yeah, Yelp was a big eye opener to us. Well, it was the there was one. Can I talk about a review? Yeah, because it was very funny and the. The staff all kind of made light of it, and you realize people are going to look up. I that know, review. I know, <laughs> I know. But she said that um, that it was dull inside. The brewery was dull, and that there was a, a table, a big table of people playing board games and having a blast. And she wished she could be having as much fun as them. <laughs> We're like. Um, Okay. <laughs> and I believe the phrase was, you need to step up your game. Yeah, or it was by new friends. I right. Yeah, yeah. But it was, you know what I mean? Like it was, so we get however many stars we got because of that. But there were people in there having a blast. Right. Do you think that there are people that um, use something like Yelp reviews to decide if they're going to come here or not, though? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> like I, Especially because something like craft beer, it's such a, uh, it's a particular taste, right? Like right. you, if you don't like craft beer, you're not going to enjoy yourself here unless you have wine or spirits or cider. Which or we do. But yeah. even within that, if you do like craft beer, I could tell you that I, that I love the Smashley Madison. If you don't like this, you're not going to like it. Like right. you, you can walk in here and drink the exact same thing I did and have a completely different experience. Right. Even, you know, pulling every, you know, the tables of people having fun aside, you know, like if, if you don't like the things that I like, you're not going to have the same experience that I just had. You'll have to do something differently. And like, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've ever, um, I don't think I've ever, well, I don't know. Like if I'm, if I'm traveling to a new area, like maybe then I'm pulling it up to see what the quote unquote highest rated place that's near mm-hmm. me is maybe, but I don't know. Well, I use, uh, it's interesting you say that because that's one of the things that we kind of talked through is understanding, you know, what impact is, is this to the business? I use it up when I travel for work, but I use it to find whatever's near. Right. I rarely ever look at it, the reviews to actually see, unless it's like really bad, right. you know, like truly you know, 500 reviews and they're all half a star. You know, I may not go to Even that Even then place. I might be curious to go. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, Waffle House got a what? I also, I also use it like in conjunction with other stuff. Like I'll find myself uh, looking on Yelp and looking on Google and looking on, you know, what, you know, if it's, if it's beer on untapped or whatever it may be. And, you know, then kind of making a decision based on all of those things together. True. If, mm-hmm. if there's one that's an outlier, then it's like, well, that's, that's interesting, but not not as an actual measure of if it's good or bad. Right. I don't know. Uh, the other thing that I would say that I've was kind of an enlightening moment for me was um, what people expect out of a beer. So um, you can have a person sitting that comes in and loves IPAs, mm-hmm. and all they want to do is the IPAs, the IPAs, the IPAs. And then I'll have a person sitting next to him asking about all the other beers. And we'll talk a little bit about maybe about the Habit Former, which is our version of what I call the Ohio Common Beer. <laughs> um, and I'll be describing the beer to them and telling them what hops are in there, what, what malt we use, what flavors to expect, um, you know, whatever it may be. Very approachable, drinkable beer. And I keep using those words. But anyway, um, and the next thing you know, that IPA person is ordering one. Because they've um, they've heard the story. Fine. You can hit the table. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm a very I, I do I, I talk a lot, but they'll uh, they'll hear the story, and that's that's an interesting thing to me. Like it's if you if you tell a story, that can sway person a person to drink a beer or enjoy a beer as much as them just enjoying the flavor of the beer. Hundred percent. I I, I've, I try to get that point across a lot that. You know, craft beer is about a lot of other things, not just necessarily what's in the glass. You know, there's there's so much more behind it. It's about the experience. It's about, you know, you when you sit and you listen to that that show we did last year, and you you know you hear that atmosphere, and we're sitting around a table, and we're drinking, and we're having fun, and like that that's to me like you get that that 
experience and like that's that's craft beer it's not necessarily just walking in and getting something in a snifter and smelling it in some kind of controlled environment mm. and, and walking away like that's Yes, right. that's part of it, but that's not what it's about, you know? And that is something that I was pleasantly surprised by, was how many people we get in here that have now become regulars, that we talk to all the time, that get excited about new recipes, and, you know, we can have conversations about something that isn't a fermenter, or something that we're working on, or trying to figure out, and how involved they get, and and, and part of what we wanted to do here was make this a neighborhood community type bar. And it's happened. It's, oh, That's yeah. part it's of. Oh yeah, <laughs> big time. I we have um, we got a girl a teaching job, just from, you know, her mom saying she needed a job, and then hearing other people within the week saying they were looking and getting. We got her a job. What was the other Our thing that just happened? Our daughter got a job. And Our daughter is, got her grown-up job. Truly, like. Well, that's that's this the, is one that's of all the, the blessing of the, uh. Yeah, so this is one of the one of the neatest stories of the year in, in in my mind. So I'm I'm working on a Sunday all by myself, and these two, God love them, little old ladies. They may be four feet tall, but they came walking in, and I I walked out from around the bar, and I said, "Hey, welcome in, ladies." It's and they're probably in their 80s or something, and uh, I said, "Welcome in, ladies. What can I do for you? Is this your first time in?" And the woman looks at me and she says, "We're looking for Mark Lords." And I said, well, that you found him. It's me. And she said, well, I was born a Lord's, and she was married a Lord's. <laughs> and we saw online that there is a Lord's Prayer, and we just didn't know if it was, like, our namesake. And so, of course, we take pictures, and there's this great thing. And uh, lo and behold, you know, a couple visits later, um, this woman's daughter is you know, owns this business and she needs something that my daughter needs or my daughter can provide for her. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, our daughter has a job and it's such a great feeling like it completely unplanned, of course, but, but that's, that's the perfect representation. You know, everybody talks about, you know, that craft breweries are the new, uh, the new pub, the new, you know, public house, which, you know, if you don't kind of know that history, then there, you know, is that where pub comes from? It was, yeah, it was, so the, the second building that was built in the United States was a pub. The first one was a church, and the second one was a pub. <laughs> because everything happened, everything that wasn't going to church happened at the pub. You did all of your, your, your town hall meetings and that stuff, weddings and funerals, and, like, all that stuff happened, all that, all of the other side of things happened at the pub and it it became at the the public house the public house it was the center of the community it was that place where everybody gathered and and things happened and and this is that that new kind of representation in this world you know the 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 neighborhood bars could have been that i think and then they kind of turned into this other thing because of lots of cultural stuff that was happening but um when when craft beer kind of started and and turned into this this wonderful thing that it's become like it was it was just primed to create that space for people to come and to to meet with each other and to be with each other and and have these experiences and it's it's fun to see that it actually works yeah it it really has worked for us for sure there was just something oh the other day you said that uh so we have a guy that runs uh, 13 miles a day oh more he's a regular and he's a teacher, so a lot of people just know him. Either they, he was their teacher or their kid is his student, whatever. But you said the other day he went jogging by, yeah, so and the I'm, front windows were open, mm-hmm. and he, John, yelled in, hey! And a bunch of people in the bar were like, hey! <laughs> like, yelled, waved, because they all, everyone knows him. Right, yeah. And it just, that's what we want. We just want a comfortable, you know, friendly place for people to come and meet and and it happens to uh it's been happening not only to our regulars but a lot of people that come in for the first time right um you know they'll come in and sit down and the next thing you know they're reconnecting with somebody sitting right next to them not realizing they haven't seen him in 10 years (laughs) um and it is uh, you know we talked about that like you said whatever the episode was that's what we wanted and we've more than surpassed our expectations for that well i think it's what everybody wants from their neighborhood brewery as much as you know places like uh you know madry and rheingeist and, and and places like that that are these big wonderful things for craft beer in cincinnati it's not your neighborhood brewery it's it's your city brewery almost you know oh, it's yeah. that, right. it's that oh, yeah. place to do you know other things but you know you want this place where you can walk in find a seat at the bar 
sit down, talk to your bartender, talk to the person sitting next to you and have some kind of connection. Cause I think that's when you really boil it down, I think that's what drinking is about. It's about connecting somehow. And that's, you know, um, a yeah, lot of times with the people around you. Sure. As a species, that's what we want. We want connections. We want, we want to know that we're relevant and, you know, a lot of that relevancy can come from going to a place that you might not have been earlier in that right. day and, you know, finding somebody that you can talk to. And we've done it. We've got a great staff. Um, we have a lot of the original staff that we have working the, the bar. Um, we have a, a new bar manager that has been fantastic. Um, uh, we obviously brought Nick on. We've talked about Nick Burdick. And, uh, you know, he's bringing in another element to this uh, kind of neighborhood feel. So we just continue to grow. Um, we're coming up on one year, which just completely <laughs> blows my mind. And for the one year, we're releasing a bourbon barrel. Yes, we are. Ooh. And I have been, like, every time I have to walk past those things, <laughs> sitting there, I'm tempted to, like, take the cork out and put a straw <laughs> down don't, in it. Don't do that. <laughs> I know. Don't do that. <laughs> I just, no, don't do I that. I am so excited for those to come. Um, so excited. Let's let's try another beer and then we're going to dig into this anniversary that is That is called uh The Honks Make Me Hazy. It is our <laughs> hazy I hops, thank you. Thank you. I'm confusing. So it's called The Hops Make Me Hazy. It is our hazy IPA. Um it is an 8.9%, which we were quite shocked about. Um but the we used a tropical yeast which seems to have really knocked down the alcoholic kind of burn to it yeah just a very nice beer but man it'll get you there quick it um it's not as hazy as some of the mm-hmm. other ones out there it's not that like super kind of thick kind of, like, there, there's something about some of them that they just don't really sit really well with me like it doesn't doesn't, doesn't feel right after you've sat there and drank one or two of them i i, I want something that um is a little uh i guess lighter on the palate maybe you know sure. and this this fits that bill perfectly it still has that soft kind of fruitiness again that i talked about and um really really good thank it's, you uh, hazy's uh, i feel like there's definitely two schools of people um in this world right now that you either love them or you hate them yes and there's a lot of um a lot of passion on both sides of the right. <laughs> So I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I've told everybody that's asked me, I fought making a hazy for 10 months. I, I, I really thought it was going to, it was a fad beer, uh, one that was going to come and go. And as we've talked about before, my, my whole purpose is to stay true to, you know, beer recipes and, you know, make them as good as I make the best I possibly can. Right. And I really fought making a hazy beer, but it's lasted in the market long enough for me to make one and uh we came up with a extremely good recipe um i love drinking them you just can't drink too many of them <laughs> i definitely can understand and um in a lot of ways agree with the uh the uh, reluctance towards the style yeah. but you know the way i keep trying to figure it out in my head is that at one time you know these big west coast ipas were kind of the same way people looked at exactly. like, what is this like what are these stupid americans doing this is not beer <laughs> and then as time goes the style gets refined the style becomes what it is now and i think that hazies are are, are getting there i think that people oh they're here to, to stay pay, people had to kind of figure them out and then yeah. experiment with them and put some real time and some some talent behind making them what they are well what truly convinced me finally was realizing that the hazy's been around for a long time right they just haven't been called hazies um the fact that the you know they added more and more wheat to give it that kind of hazy look and hazy feel like you said when it gets into your stomach i mean it, it sits most big weeded hazies sit very hard in your stomach but uh we backed off a little bit on the on the flaked wheat to kind of give it a little more clear flavor to it but that's why we were shocked at the uh, the ABV that came out. Um, but I, the way that we developed the hop and the yeast profiles, it really kind of masks that. It doesn't really hit you hard as an alcoholic beer, right. even though it's an eight point nine. Right, <laughs> one of those one of those dangerous ones you got to watch. Exactly. Especially if you're sitting out in the sunshine and you're <laughs> yeah. go down a little quicker. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about the anniversary a little bit. You sure. hinted at 
a celebration, which of course there is one. Oh, <laughs> of course. Know, how can you not celebrate? Well, we got really lucky. Our anniversary is on a Saturday this year, October 5th. And yeah, we have a couple bands playing. Um, David Thornton and Thing 1 and Thing 2. They're playing um, probably starting around 4 or 5 o'clock into the night. And we have a historic barbecue from Lebanon. Ooh. Yeah, they're going to be One here of our all day. Best food trucks. He's Although I say phenomenal. all day, I don't know for sure what time <laughs> he's planning on being here. Um, and then again, we release the the, uh, the, the bourbon, bourbon barrel. barrel. Is that mm. a bourbon barrel stout? Stout. Yep. It's a we we uh, did a base stout, and originally we thought we were going to flavor it with two different flavors. We were going to go with a white chocolate raspberry and a cherry vanilla. But the more and more we've tasted it over the last 10 months, mm. we realize the beer is just too good to mess with. Um, it's going to be a very um, good base stout with a great bourbon barrel to it. We used Heaven Hill Barrels, uh, which draws a great bourbon flavor off of it. Um, so we're going to stick with it and uh, go with a straight bourbon barrel and everybody's anxious to have it out including me i'm excited to try it so we're gonna get we're gonna get some some help from um, a local brewer a really good friend of mine to get those off and get those kegged um and we're gonna be offering it on tap tap only as long as it lasts <laughs> which depending on how many people are here might not be a long time might not be a long time <laughs> that's um. why i'm taking a bunch of growlers home <laughs> yeah uh-huh. and then uh um our manager, Mikey P, who has um, a lot of cocktail experience, he is working on cocktails for that day too. Some incl- that um, incorporate our beer, and then others that are just a cocktail. But he's really creative with that's exciting with with uh, cocktails. Um, any other fun tappings that you guys are doing that day? Any kind of the small batch stuff that you're no well, not we, that day we've we've got a couple of test batches that'll probably be ready to go um but we've got some other plans going into the holiday season for the test batches gotcha. that people are going to want to pay attention to because we're going to get extremely creative when we get around <laughs> the holidays well we're also going to have our um our neighbors on tap too so um we hope to have Sonder and 16 lots on tap since the three of us are the only Mason breweries, right? You know, we like to do things. We like to support each other. So, well, let's try another beer, and I want to talk about that kind of community side of things a little bit. All right. So the next one you're going to have is the Effen and Blinden, which My is favorite. our Irish red. Uh, actually, found this recipe somehow buried in the annals of a 1782 recipe book <laughs> oh that's fun um it's it's actually got we added some wheat to it to give it a little bit more body than you would expect from a normal red uh so it's a little bit thicker a little bit creamier um great tasting red beer it did extremely well around irish day and we have had to keep it on tap ever since oh yeah that's good because there's a lot of uh, a lot of red ales and Irish reds that are just really crisp and almost a lot of more hoppy, especially on the the red ale kind of side. People are just over hopping them, and this is that that big bold kind of body. The yep. which if you know going back to you know St. Patrick's Day and you're you're hanging out like this is something that I would really want to drink on a day like that where it you know it it fills you up a little bit. It's uh, it's yep. satisfying. It's not just dumping more liquid into your stomach <laughs> yeah it's uh it's certainly got a full body malt palette uh we use an ekg on that from a hop perspective but it's very minimal uh we really wanted to to have the malt be the the predominant flavor that comes out um and we put it up against some other of the more popular uh reds that are out there and uh the closest that people have been talking about and granted this is coming from you know people that drink a lot of uh, a lot of mass-produced beer but Smithix is about as close as you can get, but even that, they're saying it's much more body, so much more malt. Body, yeah. I I can't think of any uh, Irish red that I've had that is as as big bodied as the. I, right. I really like this one a lot. This is uh this is really good. Yeah, I'm actually getting ready to re re uh, rebrew that this week because we're running a little bit low. Uh, but I think well, that it's perfect fall beer too. Exactly like, coming into these, uh, what I assume will get eventually cooler nights. I think we're supposed to get some ninety degree days this week, but um, if we're getting there, and uh, 
This is this is that perfect kind of Thank sitting you. around a campfire beer. This is I like this one a yeah, lot. Definitely make you feel like you need a uh, you're getting wrapped in a warm blanket. Versus <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to take it off. I get get my swimsuit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's uh, that's one of my favorite beers as well. It's if, fun to create. If I too. could have like the the eighty degree days with sunshine and then like those cool nights, also you like, need to move. I need. I could, <laughs> it doesn't exist anywhere. It you don't does. get that mix between them. But um, like I, I love those those fall nights where you get to put on a hoodie. I'm I'm a hoodie guy. I like to I like to have that that little bit of like extra layer on. Yeah. And, but I like the sunshine during the day. Mm. I, I hate these cold days that we get. And like, uh, <laughs> well, you're getting about ready to get some warm weather, but <laughs> That's uh, right. yeah, it's been one of our more popular beers for sure. And we put it on for St. Patrick's Day, including a stout which we called uh, Dirty Scrum. Yeah, <laughs> and I, we had a uh, regular who named both of both them. of those. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm going to give a little plug here. It's a uh, Dan Hancock who owns the new Casual Pint in Hamilton. Right. 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 Um, and we're, we're big f- fans of them on the show because that's where Andy Foltz works. Who oh, is nice. In the co-host of the show, even though he's not uh, here tonight. Uh, uh, Smack him in the back of the head. He's like a so funny guy, Dan. Dan oh, and yeah. Emery, his wife, both. But he, um, effing and blinding is an Irish term for um, if you, like, stub your toe and if you were, like, like cussing, that's effing and blinding. <laughs> that's funny. And then um, Dirty Scrum. Yeah, and he literally came up with those names in about five minutes yeah he's really good yeah so That's we funny. we don't normally take because some of our customers give us the craziest things <laughs> <laughs> what was there was one that was like eventually you'll find me naked yeah. or something and i was like i i don't know if i can name a beer eventually you'll I've, find me naked. <laughs> i think i've drank that beer a few times. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the uh the community around you guys because sure. you came into a part of town that was just kind of becoming what it is will eventually it's it's (laughs) still trying to become it's still developing what it is but as far as as far as the craft beer side goes there is a light shown over here now and people are starting to say oh what's going on up up there for a lot of these people that don't live in this part of town but um talk about kind of how the relationship with with your neighbors you talked about 16 lots and sonder how some of that kind of has played into all of this it's great because everyone understands that we have to support each other right you know i i i want all of the craft breweries in mason to succeed because we become then a little destination you know you can come up to mason and what saunders is probably four miles from here if you've been and 16 lots is straight down the road it's a mile down the road yeah is it a mile yeah um no it's more than that it's probably two miles (laughs) <laughs> only because I know it's from here only, I only know <laughs> because from here to Tylersville is one mile the Mason mile is downtown anyway um, mile point two and we know that um, people can come and do you know all three of us our best night ever best day well day sure. night whatever to date I thought was going to be a dead day because um, it was Halloween weekend and 16 Lots was having a big Halloween party and Sonder was opening. And I was like, we're going to be dead. It was right. our biggest night ever oh. because people... We killed it. Yeah, people come in, you know, and they, they're like, oh, there's two others. You know, they can right. go visit all three of them. Well, and you guys still, like, it's, you know, I, I can understand that there are probably other breweries around town that have neighbors that they don't love as much because it's very much the same thing. But you guys, you guys have two breweries around you that are two very different breweries like the three of you guys complement each oh, other so well and three completely three very different experiences, different experiences yes. and three very different beers and like it's, it's these three very different breweries and it makes makes coming up to mason as a beer drinker before all of this happened i'm not coming up to mason to drink beer there's you know there, there was not that that draw to it whereas right. now you've got this destination that br- brings people into the neighborhood and brings mm-hmm. them here for this 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 craft beer thing that has that has happened it's it's fun to watch and it's fun to see mm-hmm. yeah and we're getting uh we're sonder 16 lots and us have started opening you know a, having an open dialogue about 
Okay, so now that we're all here, we're all established, and we're all getting a name out there, it's time for us to really come together as the Mason Breweries um, and find a way to, I, I, for lack of a better word, to market and brand that. Right. Um, but it it is, you know, people ask me all the time, if a brewery were to open up, you know, half a block from you, you know, what would you do? And my first response is, help them open bring them a growler <laughs> absolutely absolutely i mean because it it's um i again I, I feel like i say this to everybody but if you look at a place in my mind which is the craft brewery like mecca which is Asheville, north carolina there are so many breweries within a very small space in in and around Asheville, and they are all crazy packed and they all are different and they all have provide different beers and different experiences but you what we went in there on a sunday and we did just one quadrant of that city, right. and it was absolutely a madhouse at every single brewery. Yeah. And it's all about creating and generating that foot traffic and generating that interest and generating that just experience right. that somebody would want to or people would want to come up and do. And so Amy's absolutely correct. What we want to do is we want to... The three of us are very supportive of each other. Um, when anybody comes into our place and says, you know, what else is around here? Our first reaction is, well, you got 16 lots down the street and then you got Sonder. And then they'll ask us a little bit more detail. Well, the experience there is one and the experience there is a different one, but we highly recommend you do them both. Right. Because you're going to get all three in a very short, you know, as far as like distance wise, you're going to get all three. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and we've talked a lot on the show about you know beer tourism and creating something in Cincinnati that that rivals something like Asheville or one of those beer cities and and the the problems with Cincinnati is that it is so spread out we've got these breweries that you know i don't, I don't know what the square mileage of greater cincinnati is but it's pretty freaking big i mean i sure. I, I i do like a 40 mile radius around downtown and that includes a whole lot of <laughs> a whole, oh, yeah. whole lot of a uh, whole lot of space and it's hard to understand that if you're planning a trip somewhere and you look at Cincinnati and you look downtown or in just the city property, well, there's not that much going on there. You know, there's not, I can't park my car here and then go to more than, you know, X amount of breweries here. But as, as this starts to grow and you start getting these pockets, you know, be it here or, or OTR or wherever it may be, you know, you, you get these pockets of these smaller brewing communities it's kind of like a quadrant thing. right and it, yeah, it starts to it starts to paint this picture all of a sudden of this place that you can go mm-hmm. and you can experience these different things all in one little package and well and i think when we talked uh, the last time i believe in the last episode we had todd from the wildflower uh-huh. the owner of the wildflower come on um and one of the things we were very excited about was kind of growing this side of mason and downtown mason's been around for ever as far as my lifetime, but, um, and we're starting to see, know the date off the top of my head because of 16 lots. I think they have a beer named after the, the yes, year it was they founded. Do. I just That's don't right. know. It's like, well, 16, 16. lots was 16 lots <laughs> was how Mason was originally right. came about. There were 16 lots that literally said, we want to be a city and off they went. Um, but it's been around for so long. And one of the things that we wanted to do was kind of get ahead of, uh, or at least, start generating interest in this downtown area kind of starting to bloom and to blossom and since we've been open we've seen a lot of changes occur uh not only from the chamber shout out to sherry taylor 1803 Um, for the record thank you very much (laughs) um so not only a shout out to the chamber who has done fantastic things with getting the small businesses in this mile stretched together but also we're starting to see some some movement and some energy from the city council to begin to realize that this is this is something that has been neglected for so long. Um, this stretch, this mile stretch has so much potential. Oh yeah. And we're since we've opened and one of the reasons we wanted to open was to kind of shed light on the fact that you know there is this great opportunity for a lot of people who live very nearby and have you know money that they want to spend to go out and have a good time. There's this stretch of area in downtown Mason that can be so much, can offer so much more than it does. And we're starting to see that. Since we've opened, um, we've got the uh, Adesso Coffee and uh, Cocktail Shop going in across the street. 
We have uh, a cigar shop right puff I, right I, down I the street. I saw that when I was driving in. Uh, yep, they're they're now kind of ramping up and getting going. We're we're just seeing more businesses and more developers begin to look at Mason and say, Which, hey, this is viable. I saw a cigar ashtray sitting out here. We did. Your patio is cigar friendly, I take Without it. Without a doubt. <laughs> Cigars and dogs. Cigars and dogs. Well, you know what? It's, well, it's friendly till someone complains. Right. 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 I mean, that's kind of the way everything works. But if people understand, again, what that experience is before they walk in, I think that it, um, it sets that stage and prepares people for for what it is it's it's very different if you walk into a place and then all of a sudden you've got a bunch of people with dogs or smoking cigars around you're like oh my god what's happening <laughs> versus you know that that's something that but we like have to do here we have the dog friendly patio sign which my brother loved to turn into god friendly god friendly <laughs> and people keep doing that they keep changing the d and g and making a god friendly patio but, not um, that we aren't, but <laughs> our, um, <laughs> it's just not something you expect. But I will right. say this. I have noticed that um, the people who are out here smoking cigars, they're always very um, aware of the people around them. And I always appreciate that. As a cigar smoker, you kind of get used to that after a while that, you know, no matter where you are, you never know who, where that person is. Right. You know. Yeah. So um, that ashtray is always moving around. Right. It's never where we leave it because people, <laughs> you know, move it to, to get away from the crowd. Um, looking at, and I know, again, after just a year in business, it's kind of hard to foresee the future. Um, bigger picture, looking at craft beer, though, like, where do you see all of this kind of going? Where do you see, you know, you hear lots of uh, articles and people talk about this doom and gloom of the craft beer bubble and crap like that. And it, where do you see this whole thing? How do you see it changing? How do you see it evolving? Where do you see it going in the next um, however many years? So not just us, the whole industry. Just, yeah. Or you guys, however however it's easier for you to kind of... I, I don't... When I hear people talk about, oh, another craft brewery or another this, like, well, how is that different than another restaurant or another bar or another shoe store? You know, it's it's... People love it. And the fact that they keep opening means that there's still people who want to go to craft breweries and experience that. And I I imagine it will plateau. I mean, I've talked to bankers who said they've halted it. (laughs) They're stopping because of how many breweries there are. But I think as long as the people who are really passionate and... um, truly care about their craft and care about their customers as long as those people are still around I think especially those breweries will last and they will be around for a very long time Um, it's not going to be a bar takeover by any means I think we still need our clubs and our bars and our dive bars and um, but I I I don't I don't know where I see it going I don't I've never really thought about like for us I just want to get to where, you know, this is just all that we do for a living and we can live simply. I don't, I don't need to be a millionaire. I've, I've talked to a few people again recently, you know, we, we've talked about on the show about the whole platform thing that happened Mm -hmm. and, um, this idea that the, the, the model for success of craft beer is growth, 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 growth. And then eventually you get enough rolling that you can then find some way out. And like, I, I just don't think that that's actually, I don't think that's the model of success in beer. I, I think it's, um, you lose craft then. You lose a I lot. Think, but lose. I think the word craft has to go away when, you know, we're the ones who are passionate about it. And especially Mark with the brewing. And if he's no longer doing the brewing and we have a whole, you know, a staff of 30 people doing the brewing and he's not involved anymore, it no longer is a craft. And it's no longer a neighborhood thing and it's no longer a passion. And there's nothing wrong with having 30 people on your staff to brew and that's just a, a different thing. Yeah, it's not, it's not, our, it's not our goal. It's, our goal is to, we, and Amy said it best, we want to... Our goal is to live simply. What is the what is the measure of success for you? Like, what is that thing that you can look at and say this is 
Oh my God. I mean, not, we, well, we both work still full time. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just not working. Well, this is not working. working. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, oh my God. I understand what you're You gotta be kidding me. Like, it's we work a lot here. We're quitting, we're closing <laughs> the doors. It's you know, our there, official announcement. But there is, there is, there is truth to that idea. Like, you know, when you find something that you have that real passion for and that feels right, like, as much as it's hard work and it's especially with brewing it's hot and it's sweaty and it's exhausting and like there's there's a whole lot to this that is very work intensive sure but it's a different type of it's a different type of business and a different type of work and it feels very different when you come in to do this or when you go in to do your day job it's not it's not work it's um it's my future (laughs) it is your future it is it's my future it's our future um it's it's funny. A friend of mine uh, said before we opened, uh, or maybe it was while we opened. Anyway, he said that small business owners are the only people in the world that are willing to work eighty hours a week, so they don't have to work forty hours a week. <laughs> and it's I, true. I thought about it. Yeah, and it, it is true. But the eighty hours that I would spend here doing my work would be so much more uh, fulfilling than the 40 hours a week that I would be doing for somebody else. And uh, the thought of, I mean, we talked about this before the show started. You know, if somebody come in and, and came in and said, I'm going to give you X millions of dollars to take your business over, you know, sure. But all I'd want to do is go do it again. Rinse and repeat. Because <laughs> this is what we'd love to do. This is what we want to do for the rest of our lives and this is what we want to provide the people that we have grown to know and grown to for lack of a better word love in this community and we're very honored to have been able to offer this up and allow people this opportunity to come in and share this community experience and enjoy meeting other people that they may not have had an opportunity to meet before well as much as i'm not a regular and i struggle from this problem that as much as even the places that are closest to me and I would be a regular I (laughs) I get stuck in this world of of trying to go everywhere all the time and don't get to become a regular anywhere Mm -hmm. but so as much as I'm not a regular here or really anywhere like I I appreciate it so much and I want you to know that you guys are you guys are doing something that is very much in the spirit of what this is all supposed to be and um, collectively as you know a beer community I guess thank you you know just thank you for doing what you guys are doing this is this is something very uh, very special and um, you guys are doing it right well we're we're I, we're happy that it's that's a viable thing to be able to do and it you know we talked about it in the last episode that we were with you Mason has been really you know wanting something like this and we we get that feedback all the time from people um it they all appreciate uh sonder who we love sonder and you know 16 lots that offers them and we we love the fact that we're in here but what we wanted to create is something that people have come in and they they appreciate and they tell us that over and over again and so it's that if you asked you know what it is that that what's our measure of success and that's it our measure of success is somebody that comes in the door and sits down and looks at us and says, this is awesome. This is something that we needed. So he made me the asshole by saying that I didn't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's drink uh, the, this last beer here. Sure. Let's talk about that before so we the, wrap things up. The last beer, because you had the Burdick's Brown... I thought I would finish you up with uh, the brown, our regular brown, which is called Walk Around Town. Uh, the Walk Around Town was developed, um, again, it's a, it's a very old recipe, uh, much more multi-based, which is, as people will learn as they come in here, I'm much more about the multi-flavors than I'm about the hop bombs and the palate wreckers. Uh, so it is a, it's a base brown recipe that we created. We added a little bit more chocolate to it. We had a little bit more roasted malt to it to give it a little bit heavier and body. Chocolate, you mean chocolate malt, not exactly. chocolate. Yeah, chocolate malt. 
Uh, we actually developed this recipe uh, for the specific purpose of the DORA, which is called, which is an acronym for Designated Open Refreshment Area. I don't even know if I knew off the top of my head you guys had a DORA up here, too. We do. And, we uh, do. So December 7th, last year, uh, for the tree lighting in downtown Mason, which is a, you know probably a block and a half away uh-huh. from us, um, the city council didn't even put up for a vote. They, the city council just realized, you know what, we need to do this, and off they went. So, if Middletown's got one, we should have one too. Exactly. Um, and Hamilton. And Hamilton, and now Milford, and yeah. OTR is getting one, and Liberty Town Center is getting So all of a sudden, everyone's coming on board, and it's it's the right thing to do. I mean, I, I think not to get too political and not get down that rat hole, but Careful. I think that the United States has been a little too heavy-handed in trying to control people's consumption of alcohol and right again extracurricular activities exactly exactly (laughs) and i i think you know that europe has been a a very prime example on how if you if you make it illegal it's only going to drive people to go closer to it well it's all still this this uh, ripple effect from prohibition and this thing that happened then which we could do a whole series of shows just on what prohibition was really about but um it's all still just recovering from that and, and trying to fix the things that that messed up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think it, it's been proven, especially in this area now that it doesn't really matter um, what part of town you're designating an outdoor refreshment area in people aren't crazy. People aren't going nuts. People aren't getting all rowdy and, uh, you know, destroying the town. Like it truly is really calm and respectful. Oh, about yeah. it. Well, it, it, it truly is. If you, if you make it a taboo, it's only going to draw the people that are going to be extremist about it in the first place to be extreme about it. Right. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, to bring us all back in, to rein us all in, cause that, like you said, that conversation could be many, right, many podcasts. Right. Uh, so we, we released this on December 7th. Uh, we call it the walk, tra- walk Around Town Brown, tongue, kind of a tongue twister. Uh, and we released it on December 7th uh, that when the door came in effect. And we had uh, actually Amy and a few friends of ours, a few friends of ours started over to Wildflower, had a glass of wine and walked it over <laughs> to the to the wild, or walked over to the common, got a pint here and walked it down the street to the next establishment, which I think was the Pleasure Inn. Uh, yeah, the PI. I- yeah, and we didn't have enough time to finish. By the time we got to Quatman's, we skipped right. Quatman's, but we got them back a couple other times. Right, so we went to the PI <laughs> and got another pint, and we just continued down yeah. the road. It kind of became fun. a pub crawl. Um, but anyway, walk around town. Um, it, it's been on tap ever since December 7th. It's a very fan favorite here. Uh, again, base brown, much more malt, much more uh, you know chocolatey taste to it. Again, kind of on the, the same line as <clears throat> the uh, the Irish red, it's a big bodied kind of beer or something. And I, I think I fall in the same category as you. It's like, as much as I, I like IPAs and that's fun, and, you know, I get it. Um, I'm a I'm malty kind of beer guy. I like the uh, the bigger body and I like the, the little bit of sweetness that kind of lingers in there and stuff and kind of balances it out for me, I guess. I uh, Agreed. Um I love I sh- that beer too. It's yeah. great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I started out. I think when I started with crap beers, I was going heavy on the on the IPAs, which I think a lot of people do. Right. And there's still a lot of IPA drinkers out there, which is fantastic. Um, but I think as my palate grew, uh, especially when I started brewing my own beer, I tended towards the the beers that were a little bit more flavorful, had a little bit more complexity to it. Uh, so you're going to see when you come to the common, there's a lot of beers like that. We have our IPAs, and I'm, you know, we have a double. We have a hazy now. We have a single hop when we have the Lord's Prayer, which is a solid IPA. Um, but the ones I'm most proud of are the ones that um, I truly dig into the historic recipes and try and find more of a malt flavor, uh, more body to it. Uh, it's not to say they're heavy. Uh, they're certainly not all heavy. Habit Former is probably our best-selling beer, and it's a it's the common, the common ale, and uh, yeah. So we would love to people come up and what, try them out. What makes your Ohio Common an Ohio Common? <laughs> just that it's made in Ohio? Is it is it a Kentucky Common? Just made in Ohio? No, actually, we took uh, we took the California Common recipe. Uh-huh. Uh, we compared it to the Kentucky Common, and then what we did is we looked in towards the Ohio malts. So gotcha. we look to see the way we can convert it into more of a localized malt uh, profile, malt bill, 
Um, and again, we backed a little bit off the hops that you would expect in more of the um, Anchor Steam. I'm not afraid to say Anchor Steam was the California <laughs> common that we used. Uh, I think you can say that. I think you just can't call it a steam beer. No, no. I think is the way it actually, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so I don't know if there's an Ohio common out there. But I think if, I can. I don't know. <laughs> if, there isn't, if there isn't an Ohio common, guess what? There is one now. Uh, and it's, it's at the common and only at the common. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, we, we tried to, to localize the malt and, uh, and back off a little bit from the hops to make it a little bit more approachable. Um, it is one of our better selling beers, although God love the Max 59. The Max 59 is our honey ale. It's probably the most expensive beer I make. It's a 3.2%. <laughs> and it killed it this summer. A absolutely 3.2% killed it. honey ale? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely killed it this summer. I mean, it, it, so I assume that there's a lot of honey that's left in there. Like it's no. A, no? No, really not. Uh, we utilize, uh, I guess I'll give him a plug, Don yeah. Pops. Oh, we like Don Pops. Yeah, Don He's Pops. Great. He's fantastic. I've, I've met him. I've he's drawn honey for me my uh, uh, my wife so if we want to get a little my wife's grandpa was a beekeeper when he was alive and when he passed away he had all of his hives and they all got sold to don pops perfect so in my family that's the only honey we're allowed to eat in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i went out to don pops the first time and and got 60 pounds of of honey for a, a three barrel batch um and it believe it or not it 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 really dilutes itself well within the beer itself you, you don't really get much of the honey coming off of uh any kind of troop or anything that you're pulling off um i was very surprised that it came out of 3.2 with the amount that of sounds... sugar that we were adding into the boil right i really thought the yeast was going to go wild on it and it really didn't and it's again <laughs> you have a lot of people that look at that beer and go oh 3.2 that's when i was 18 year old, oh, no, 18 years old I could have drink there's a lot of nights where that's exactly, exactly what i want i just exactly. want to sit down and just keep drinking and not have to worry about anything else and yeah. just you know that we have we have quite a few folks who end their night on the mags 59 oh, yeah. honey ale <laughs> yeah it's great. it's a great beer very light bodied obviously very light abv but um a good a good tasting light beer. And again, that's one that we would push a Bud Light drinker to. <laughs> <laughs> so as we kind of wrap things up and kind of wind down a little bit, if you, um, if you look kind of bigger picture stuff, is there anything that you can look at about all of this that uh, um, you're overly, not overly, or that you're proud of that you... Maybe that you're um, kind of afraid of looking at it as time comes on. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that have some crazy fears about what's happening in craft beer. Is there any kind of over overwhelming uh, emotions either way? Is there, like, I have no fear. Is mm-hmm. that, should I be afraid of that? Of not having any fear? <laughs> I'm afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't have any fear. I think it's, I think we have a great thing here. I think it's only going to get better. Um, we have a very loyal, um, regular base. We both love what we're doing. Yeah. I have no fear. I'm excited. I'm excited for us to grow and for downtown, the downtown area to grow. Um, I'm excited for potential collaborations that we have coming up. You know, I just, I feel like everything's good. What potential collaborations I'm do not, come up? I'm not saying anything. Ooh. You can't just say that without me. I uh, can. <laughs> have to ask <laughs> um but just i don't know i feel like like we learned so much in this first year i so can't much. believe it's a year and there I are so still. many things i'm like how did i not realize that i should have done it that way to start out but i've learned so much and i'm sure i'll learn so much every single year but i, I truly i have no fear just i'm excited i'm excited for year two and all that we have. And again, like you mentioned at the beginning, personnel changes. So that brings big change into Mm. our environment. And, um, you know, we'll find the right people and to, you know, add to our family. And, and, and with that can come its its own excitement too, and, and its own fears too. But, you know, it's, um, it brings some kind of new energy into all of this, which I think is always, um, 
always a good thing. I think I anytime you can kind of shake things up a little bit and get you out of that comfort zone. And yeah, it was, it was interesting. I was at a I was at a meeting earlier today, the OCBA quarterly, right? And got an opportunity to speak to a lot of different breweries that you know normally I wouldn't have an opportunity to speak to a lot of owners, and that was kind of the sentiment, you know, when when uh, it was it was known that we were making that big of a change. Um, people kind of looked at me and they smiled and said, well, you may not think this, but congratulations. I mean, it's, we, we have people that have owned small businesses and when a big change like this happened, it's scary, but at the same token, it's a new beginning. It's a new, it's a new direction. It's a new start. And, uh, as much as it was painful and it was scary, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, we, I think that year two is going to be a huge growth for us. Uh, we're now known in the community. We're now respected in the community. Uh, we've got a lot of people coming in that are. St- we still have a good base of new people coming in, which is what you want. Um, but we've got some great regulars mm-hmm. that are in here all the time and providing us good feedback, whatever it may be. Uh, getting our name out there with our t-shirts and um and our slogans and you know again when when downtown mason hits we want to be right there as one of the anchors to make sure that it continues to grow and i think we're going to do that well and the better you understand who you are and and get a grasp on 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 what this all means at its very core as things change around you and as people change around you and as Mason changes around you, it makes all of that just become stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think you guys have a good grasp on, on who you are as, as people and as a, as a business and as a brewery and as a a fixture in this community. And that, that sets a good foundation for what can come in the future. So absolutely. um, I I see lots of fun stuff in the future for you guys. I can tell you this. It's, can't believe I make beer for a living. <laughs> <laughs> it still shocks me every day that I wake up and say, "Damn, I get to go and make beer today." <laughs> it's, a, it's a good position to be. In. Oh yeah, that, that day when you wake up, you're like, "Oh my god, I have to go make beer for a living." <laughs> That's when you know you've done something wrong. <laughs> Where's the papers? I'll sign them right now. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank um, you. For anybody who hasn't been here, just come out here and explore this thing that is going on in Mason and not just common just come out here and explore this bigger picture that is uh, that is developing around places like common and uh, um, drink a whole bunch of beer because it's awesome <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Cincy Brewcast the voice of Cincy Craft <laughs>